to be joking. You've got to be joking. Now, when the treasurer wishes oh, to go no. there or not, I would forbid him going. Forbid him going to the Senate. To, uh, to uh, account this unrepresentative swell over there. Hey Rob. Hey mate, how you going? Good, thanks. Welcome back to the Unrepresentative Soil Podcast, everyone. Yeah. Hope you're having a great day. I hope you're having a great day as well, Rob. Uh, as do I, Nick. Did you get up to anything today? I did a lot of university today. Did uh, a lot of... A uh, lot of university. Yeah, actually, I did prep for a, a property tutorial, which is actually kind of fun law. It's about like who gets shit if they just find it, like randomly. Oh, that, interesting. Yeah, it turns out finders keepers is kind of like right... Or like in most cases, um, if you, you find shit, you should turn it in. But if no one collects it, if the true owner doesn't collect it, it's kind of yours. Finders keepers. I like that. Yeah. Good Possession attitude. is nine-tenths of the law, Rob. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, I'm familiar with the platitude. And it's somewhat true. It's kind of fun to learn things that actually like apply, you know? What are you trying to say, buddy? <laughs> no, I would never say anything to a master. That's for one. A master of international relations, I'll never say anything disparaging about the area of study. But considering I have a degree in political science, at least, it's very wishy-washy. Not as, not as uh, clear-cut as the law. Yeah, fair enough. Well, look, Nick, if I'm ever in trouble, I'll, I'll hire you. Yeah, I'll give you mates rates, that's for sure. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll take, keep that in mind when I'm, uh, you know, murdering. And... <laughs> I was going to say, don't commit any crimes, though. <laughs> Try not to do any crimes. Ah, oh, damn. It's I pretty, was planning. It's pretty <laughs> fun. I've actually got in my bag right now, Rob, a copy of the criminal code. Oh, do you? I won't bring it out because it's bulky and it'll make noise. But it's pretty fun. All the, all the crimes are in that one book. Every it, crime that's ever been committed ever. Yeah. Well, almost. Almost. Most of the crimes in WA in that book. There you go. You wow. Look, look at some pretty horrific cases as well in criminal law. It's kind of interesting. It's like, it's like that kind of macabre interest, you know? Um, macabre interest i've never heard that before well it's like um there's a word for it it's like the you're kind of interested in things that are like gross uh, like or like just, gruesome. Yeah, disturbing yeah it's the old like car crash outage like, like, yeah ca- can't look away exactly yeah so well, that that's what i've done today rob you just been working at the meat shop <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what i've just been doing like your know, contract like property law and what you've been slinging meats my dude yeah sure why not <laughs> oh that's really bad i would never look down upon you rob I think that's exactly what you just did in your last sentence, Al. <laughs> well, I work at a bottle shop as well, so, you know, I'm just a bottle man. Oh, yeah. Working class man. Deep down, I'm a working class man, Rob. Mate, you're like all those like, fucking new labor members are like, oh, you know, I, I speak to the working class despite going to private school and being privately <laughs> yeah, educated in, my whole in life. In the city, doing a law degree at a top university. <laughs> yeah, I, I really understand what it's like to be from the working class. I think yeah. I'm going to run for a labor seat. Mate, so many people in like young label. That's what they. That's their thing, man. I know it's bad. That's probably something we should talk about at one point. Yeah. Like why young liberals and young labor suck. Oh, <laughs> we got to be careful because I know for a fact people in young labor, maybe young liberals as well, listen to the podcast, Rob. Well, they're faithful I, listeners. I'm going to come out right now and say if you're a long, young liberal, stop listening. I don't like you. Yeah, young liberals are pretty bad. <laughs> I I can tolerate young labor. Yeah. <laughs> young liberals. <laughs> In all my experience, young liberals have been pretty crazy. I think it's just like, it's interesting to see what attracts people to those movements. I, I, I will yeah. say. I, I should probably say I'm just having a little joke around. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I think yeah, I, I know just, a lot of people in Young Labor who have really cool causes and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure of that. It's just my few experiences with them. It's just been like these people that think like they're fucking pe- going to pe- be PM. Yeah, equally I've seen that as well. But like, no, mate, you just you you you're the lung, young labor leader at like UWA or some shit. It also it yeah, we don't like. I don't think it's necessarily the best thing to expect from politicians is that they're like a career politician they like start working for like a labor mp and just stay in their office and do that until they work hard enough to try and contest for pre-selection yeah i like like the malcolm turnbull model where you like go and work in industry and show you're like a kind of skilled at what you do well that's a thing i think that's very interesting about parliament in general is like what is parliament supposed to be doing is it supposed to represent us like we're taught all the time in like politics and law and stuff or is it representative of these parties yeah you know and i think if it's representative of us then like a career politician should only be you know one in a million case really yeah exactly and that also links to the the fact that like 60 percent of politicians are lawyers for some reason yeah which and, and white men yeah, yeah, and that's that's the other thing as well. There's so many issues related there, right? What a great topic, Rob. What a what a great tangent. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that in full at some point. Yeah, one of the more interesting tangents we've ever been on. Actually, like talking about politics, the purpose of this podcast. That's wow. great. Who'd have thought it, Nick? But Rob, I want to bring it away from politics because this has been in the news: the royal scandal. Great. Meghan I'm Markle, so interested. Prince Harry went to opera. Op- opera <laughs> went to Oprah. I'll probably cut that out. They went to opera. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry interviewed Oprah. What opera show do they go on? <laughs> You're making this difficult, Rob. <laughs> You're making this difficult. <laughs> I, okay, I even said it wrong. Oprah interviewed Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. That took a few tries. Okay, cool. But we got it out there. <laughs> and they, they detailed a lot of bad shit happening in the royal family. Yeah. So, Nick, do you know what actually happened on this? Because I don't watch Oprah. (laughs) It's stuck in my head now. (laughs) Evidently, you don't watch Oprah. Yeah, I don't watch Oprah. Nor do I pay any attention to the royals. No. Ever. No. Yeah, I I haven't watched the interview. It doesn't... It slightly interests me because it is... does have political tones. But, like, one of the big takeaways is that someone told Meghan Markle, someone from the royals that they were concerned her baby would be too dark-skinned for the royal family. That's just racist, right? Yeah, it's just racism. There's um, there's no, like, way you can spin that, right? Yeah. That's just racist. Yeah. Uh, so, huh. a lot of stuff has come out like that. Um, and this is, like, amid other tensions where, like, uh, this is UK stuff, so I'm not down on this 100%, but, like, the Queen um, was wanting to interfere with some legislation to protect her financial interests... Basically, a lot, of, a lot of question marks coming up about the royal family. And that has a bigger impact at home here as well in Australia, which we'll get to later. Wait, so these people that are just, you know, won the vagina lottery pretty much. <laughs> Wait, they're That's not good a... people? <laughs> no. What? I know. I thought if you come from this vagina in, you know, specific, <laughs> makes you a good person. <laughs> That's a that. great metaphor, Rob. Thanks. Um, Quite a gruesome <laughs> metaphor. It turns out. Uh, yeah, contrary to what we were taught at Bible school, Rob, monarchs aren't chosen by God. No, they're not. They're actually just born like us. Yeah, like, you know, I don't know why people expect these people to be so, like, upstanding and moral, right? 
Yeah. Like, they're not... They're, just because they, again, won the vagina lottery doesn't make them good. Look at Prince Andrew. He is very dodgy. He's involved in the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. Anyway, too much about Royals. I had to mention it. Dan Andrews has been critically injured. Poor guy. Yeah, this is crazy, hey? He had a bad fall and he's, he's injured his, like, T7 vertebrae or something. I, I want to see this fall. Like... Yeah, is it on video? That's in the public interest, right? It's got to be in the public interest. Got to be in the public Has interest. Has to be. Someone publish it. Yeah, I don't know what like what happened to the man. It'd be interesting to see. Like, do you fall down a flight of stairs? Do you just fall over? Like, yeah. <laughs> from a height? You know, there's questions here. And it is in the public interest, Nick. Let's have a royal commission into this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a royal commission into union corruption. That's what I think, Nick. Yeah. It's just like that meme with like the, the button and the guy just says Royal Commission. And it just goes to <laughs> Royal Commission. Anyway, um, the Yellown Coal Power Plant, probably pronounced that wrong, but Coal Power Plant in, U- in Victoria has been shut four years early. So it's scheduled to shut in 2028 rather than 2032 now because guess what? There's a cheap influx of renewable energy that is making it financially unviable. So, if you ever wanted evidence that whole energy is not viable anymore, it's there. Yeah, this is like truly now, it is a time that the, you know, the market has passed the Liberal government. It, it passed it a long time ago, I think. Cause, you know, oh, yeah, th- this is true. Actually. This is renewable energy that's already being produced. You know, it hasn't, it's not at the investment stage. It's already there. Yeah, renewable energy is one of the few energies in history. I think maybe even the only energy in history that has been able to, like, you know, be uh, created without government subsidy. There to, you go. You know, upstart cost. There you go. Yeah, not that the government would subsidize it much. <laughs> As if, you know, the, the best energy isn't subsidized, but all the other energies in history have been subsidized. Yeah, there you Fucking go. Fucking ridiculous. Um, Zach Kirkup, uh, lib- uh, leader of the WA Liberals, said he won't be sticking around in politics if he loses his seat in of Dawesville. And that's a slim margin, Rob. Yeah, he's, he only holds it by like 0.8% or so, 300 votes, I yeah. think you told me before. And no way 300 people are going to stick around for Zaki K, Zaki K, you know, right? So, I think this is the end of Zaki K. Yeah. Interesting. Do you reckon he's the first ever political leader with the first name Zach? Because Zach's a very, like, millennial name. Interesting. Let's research that, Rob. I'll, I'll give you that next I week. would actually be interested to know, because I agree with you. I don't think there's ever been a politician named Zach in Australia. So I'm, even, I'm, I'm daring to say around the world. <laughs> All right, mate, settle down. <laughs> Don't get too ahead of yourself. Maybe he'll come on the podcast after he quits politics. Yeah, sure. Let's get him on. If, you, if you'd like to have Zach Kirk up on, write us in and we'll uh, endeavor to make it happen. Very quickly, because we're running out of time. The AEC may abolish Christian Porter's seat. Nothing to do with the scandal going on now, but the Australian Electoral Commission often make boundary changes uh, when population changes between electorates. Um, and it just so happens that Christian Porter's seat of Pierce may be destroyed and he'll have to run for a different seat that's created out of that situation. I think this happened in the WA, like electoral boundaries changed uh, quite significantly last election. So this is, you know, no- normal stuff, right? Yeah. It's just very interesting that it is Christian Porter. Yeah, coincidence. And, you know, Anne Ali is right next to him in Cowan um, and it'll also impact her. Be interesting to see how that affects demographics in the region and if it makes Pierce maybe more contestable for a Labor go- government. Yeah, because you know? Pierce was a safe state, a safe Liberal state because it includes like more river as well. Yeah, one of the safe... It's it's not like Perth. It's not metropolitan, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, it's not. It's like just... It's north of Joondalup. Yeah. 
as far as I'm concerned, that's where Perth ends. One last very important story to mention. Grace Tame, who's Australian of the Year, spoke out against ScoMo. And if you don't know her, her whole story, that she has a great ABC address to the press club. She's a sexual assault survivor, a rape survivor, who basically embarked on a big campaign to reform the law in Tasmania to make it better for victims trying to speak out has encouraged all these victims speaking out. She's she's phenomenal, amazing person. She spoke out against ScoMo last week and basically said that you need to step up your game about all of this controversy, re-sexual assault that is happening in your office, in your government. Yeah. So it, a lot of pressure is being put on the government, basically. Yeah. It, it should be, uh, again, harping back to that comment of, you know, my wife, I need to think about this as a father. One of the worst things that could be said. Yeah, a, a terrible blunder. Yeah. So bad, right? It's got to be a soundbite using the election. Yeah. If you know, Labor have some sense, they'll do it. Which, Nick, brings us to the first topic, actually. The fallout from the, twin, oh, the Christian Porter scandal. We talked about this last week. We didn't actually know it was Christian Porter at the time. We had strong suspicions. <laughs> <laughs> now we know it's, he was the, the, the person who the allegations are about. And now we know, and... I think it's actually very significant, this, along with the rape scandal, because it's putting a lot of pressure on the Liberal government. Yes. Because I think a key point surrounding all this is the Liberal government were planning to call an election this year. I think we can safely say that. But now they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. They can either call it this year and risk this rape scandal being an issue in the election, because... Let's be honest now, I feel like a lot of people will forget it if it's called next year. Yeah, I think that's natural. Or they're going to call it next year and they risk the potential, you know, either another COVID outbreak or what probably is more likely to happen, the economic effects of, you know, falling out of JobKeeper and the decrease of JobSeeker yeah. will take its hold. Yeah, so the the collapse of the initial quick rebound after all the restrictions are left. And also, Rob, I'll say as well, their good graces that they earned during the COVID outbreak of just generally surviving it, yeah, is fading away. Yeah. So that it's a very interesting point. They're going to be racking their brains um, about when that election should be called. Yeah, it'll be very difficult for them. I think this government has been rife with scandals, really. Yeah, there's just been a lot of stuff going on, especially recently, right? And like, I can't really compare it to many other governments because I haven't always been, you know, I'm pretty young. I haven't always been paying that much attention, well, but think it seems about, quite bad. Well, think about since the 2019 election, we've had the bushfires, the horrific bushfires out there. Yeah, but, and, and I think the scandal there was the government's response to the bushfires. Absolutely. Which was, you know, ScoMo being in Hawaii, all of that stuff about don- donations to the Liberal Party. Yeah, that was the scandal. And then we've had this scandal, and let's let's give ScoMo a ball here. He's won a lot of the public through the COVID-19 crisis. Yeah. But it's been, like, just a scandal-filled government so yeah, far. Yeah, the sports grants scandal as well, the robo-debt scandal, all of that stuff. The stuff that happened on Four Corners last year about Christian Porter and Alan Tudge, and now the Higgins thing, and now the Christian Porter thing. It is, like, truly a jam-packed, scandal-filled romp of a time. Yeah, in, in Canberra right now, and you know I'll, that's a statement of fact. That's not a biased opinion. Uh, maybe yeah. calling them scandals carries certain connotations, but use whatever word you want. All of these incidents have been happening. It's been truly scandal-filled. But Nick, how do you think this affects the Liberal government? And you know, how will they call this election? How do they solve this problem they're in right now? Yeah, well, I think 
the the circumstance the impact will be big. Me and you are kind of torn between this because we're a bit cynical, and you know I think rightly so that is the case in politics often, but sometimes it's not, and sometimes these things might have a much bigger impact. You know, a lot of women across the country are feeling, hey, this government is doing terrible with these issues of sexual assault, and that's important to me. And they might remember that, and and it might cause them to vote for the other side, which yeah. is a, a huge deal, right? I think the only way for ScoMo to actually get out of this is to basically take a tougher stance on the issue. But, you know, I, there's no real evidence of that happening so far. Well, I don't think he will either because I think Christian Porter's kind of vouched for ScoMo a few times and he's an important ally for ScoMo because now another issue is they don't really have much of a majority anymore. Yeah, this is true. They have a one-seat majority one now, right? One-seat majority. Yeah. So ScoMo needs to hold on to every single vote he can. And we saw under the Turnbull government the effect that that can have. Because you can get one crazy backbencher or one person in the cabinet who leaks info and makes it difficult for the government to operate unless they get their way. And that's going to cause even more issues. As I said, look at look at Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah. So it is truly a very difficult time for the Liberal Party right now. And I, I will say, because of the changes to cha- the changing of leadership within the party it's unlikely you'll see a change of leadership just because you need two-thirds now, not just uh, 50% plus one. Yep. But a, a, you know, a divided party room is still not at what you want at all going into into an election. Oh, well, it, it, it historically never worked. Yeah. For the last 30 years, you've never seen a divided government win, right? Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could say ScoMo's government in 2019 was a bit divided, but yeah, I guess they had a new leader. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe you could say... Gillard in 2010. No, yeah, well, not it's even. not good though, right? It's, it's yeah. It presents a lot of problems for the Morrison government. Absolutely. So, Nick, I think you touched on a very interesting point that I'd like to actually go into a bit more. This is the whole idea of will re- women in particular remember this issue? And I think they will in certain areas of Australia. But unfortunately for me and you, Nick, I feel like those areas of Australia are already kind of labor strongholds inner city educated women this no one's none of them are ever going to vote for the liberal party for the next five ten years yeah yeah interesting but the issue is here do your country bumpkins in queensland care do women care if you're from queensland and you're stupid (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, yeah it could have been put more diplomatically but no i think you're right rob i mean as we saw last in 2019, those key battlegrounds are in Queensland and in rural areas, right? Those like semi-metropolitan, like Pierce, etc. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it's because of the electoral system we have. If you get more inner city, city people voting for you in seats that are already safe Labor seats or that are very safe Liberal strongholds and would take a considerable amount of votes to flip to a Labor, it doesn't matter whether they change their vote. It actually doesn't matter at all. It's all those marginal seats it's marginal seats that win elections. Absolutely, Nick. And marginal seats... Look at, look at the uh, 01 election, I believe. I believe King, Kim Beasley actually got a majority of votes that election. Yeah, yeah. And this stuff happens, right? Um, and, you it's know, those ha- marginal seats, just because of the way the, the boundaries are drawn and demographics and stuff, marginal seats don't tend to be inner city, you know, uh, wealthy uh, kind of places. They tend yeah. to be more working class. Well, if they are marginal, it's between the Greens and the Labour Party. In a yeah. city, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's ob- it's kind of liberal and labor fighting over these 
very interesting suburbia. demographic. Yes, yeah, suburban seats. Yeah. Where maybe this issue, yeah, maybe, we don't really know, but maybe this issue, there's an argument that it won't cut through as much. Yeah, So I agree. it's really interesting. The Liberal Party wouldn't want to risk, you know, assuming that that would have no impact. But wh- why aren't they doing anything, Rob? So like ScoMo has, there's been a bit more pressure on ScoMo about should he make Christian Porter resign from his role as Attorney General, but he doesn't really seem willing to budge. I think there's two issues there for ScoMo. Again, he's got only a one-seat majority. Yeah. So if he forces a resign uh, from Christian Porter, leaves the party, or if he leaves Parliament altogether yeah, and forces... Th- it. threatens that, yeah. So there's a lot of issues there. And also, Christian Porter's been really running this whole... You know, instant till proven guilty. This is the rule of law in Australia. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, which argument, you know, I guess we won't touch on it here. We don't have time, but I, that's argument is terrible, I think. But let's say ScoMo says, okay, Christian Porter continues down that argument and creates a big headache for the Liberal Party, right? Because I don't think Christian Porter will, like, I don't think he'll just go, okay, I'll, re- I'll resign then, ScoMo, just for you, buddy. Yeah, he won't. The evidence that we've seen of Christian Porter throughout the last 10 years of the Liberal Party is that he's that kind of move maker. He's yeah. not just willing to just float along and let what happens to him happen. He wants to be in the top spot and he'll do things to get there. Exactly, Nick. Exactly that. I think it's ruined his career forever, forever coming, becoming Prime Minister. No, nah, he can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, you'd hope so. I don't know what his plan is then, really. As well, Linda Reynolds, I guess, is the same thing. There's also mounting pressure on Linda Reynolds to resign. She called Brittany Higgins, by the way, a lying cow. Not with respect to the allegations of rape, with the respect to how she behaved afterwards. But still yeah. terrible. Yeah, just really just stupid stuff. Linda Reynolds still on leave. So is Christian Porter. So, you know, while they're on leave, Christian Porter isn't coming back until Parliament's sitting again. It's, Which is every like three months at this point. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of pressure is going to be mounting on these guys, and ScoMo has a tough job in making these calls because you know, as you said, it's he's stuck between a rock and a hard place, really. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. We should probably quickly touch on the next topic, maybe. Yeah, we'll just do a quick, yeah, a quick. We're going to talk about the Republican debate, but you know, this stuff is really interesting, gearing up to elections and stuff. So yeah, let us know if watch, you want to hear more watch about this stuff. space. It, it'll be very interesting to see how. They do deal with this situation. Yeah. But, Rob, given all the royal scandal, the material impact here has been a, a reignition of the Republican debate. The Republican debate is back, Nick. Which we haven't talked about on this podcast, surprisingly. Amazingly, actually. Because we b- both you know, learned about this in school and are passionate about this. Yeah, I, you're, you're a Republican as well, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a monarchist. <laughs> I'm a stone monarchist. The Queen is my idol, my life. I have a portrait of her on my bedside table. I kiss her before I go to sleep, Rob. <laughs> okay, Nick. No, we're good, both good Republicans, obviously. Not in the American sense. We'll move that to one side. No, yeah. Republicans <laughs> in, we want a Republic of Australia, which is a complicated question, as it turns out. But we yeah. don't want the monarchy, basically. It's dumb, isn't it? Yeah. And I feel like the majority of Australians might actually agree with us on that. They do. The polls in, show that. In not wanting the monarchy. The issue is, and it's the classic play by um, Howard Howard here, yeah. is to split split the, Repu- the Republican base. And what we're talking about is in 1999, one of Howard's election platforms was to have a debate on the Republican issue. And he did a referendum um, 
but he had this big convention beforehand and he got basically all the wrong people to sit down and they created these two divided camps in the Republican um, camp and they split the vote in the Republicans and the monarchists ended up winning. Yeah. So I think the consensus now is when Elizabeth dies, we're going to have another debate and probably we'll go to a republic. Because you Please. can clearly see the Please. momentum is with the Republic here. All the old people who love the monarchy are dying. Exactly. But Nick, do you think the same issue will occur in this whole, do we keep to basically the same the same system we have now, except the Governor General is just called the President, pretty much? Or should this President, in quotations, be elected by the people? Yeah, and have codified powers. Yeah. And that was that was the split. That was the disagreement between the Republicans in 1999. Yeah. So, Nick, I'd just briefly, I'd like to actually hear your opinion on this one. W- which side do you sit on in the Republican debate? It's really interesting. I don't think we should have a popularly elected president. If we do, have a pre- that would be stupid because I've read stuff about this. It would make it a political office when it shouldn't be. It should be like a ceremonial role like the governor general is. I'm perfectly happy to have the president voted on basically by a combined sitting of the House of Representatives and Senate, which is uh, one model that's been put forward, makes a lot of sense. Basically, they they have the roles of the Governor-General, which can be codified, but they're kind of still apolitical, um, but they're just not linked to the monarchy. Yeah, I actually agree with you here, Nick. I think if you create a president that's publicly elected, you're going to see a lot of issues with the Prime Minister and the President butting heads. Yeah. And... Election times, you know, political thing, rah, 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 rah. It would just cause a lot of issues, I think. Yeah, like what are the competing mandates between the president and the prime minister? That'd be so weird. Yeah. And another thing is, you know, I hear a lot of monarchists saying, you know, don't fix what ain't broke. Sure, I agree with them. Let's not fix what ain't broke. <laughs> yeah. We'll I mean, just fix the broken part. Fix the stupid part, which is our symbolic link to the UK um, and the parts in our constitution which say the queen can cancel any legislation we pass, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing as well, the only bad thing about that model is it gives very easy traction for the monarchists to claim that it would be like a politician's republic. That was the line they used in 1999, that it would be giving more power to parliament to be able to select the president, which is ridiculous. It's a stupid argument. It doesn't have any power, really. Yeah. Well, that's right. the thing. It's, it's just symbolic, a symbolic role. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, the monarchists will do many, many things and make the weirdest arguments to stop us, stop us from breaking the connection with the monarchy. Who knows why? Some people just love the monarchy for some reason. I see no reason to do that. Yeah. Nick, you know my opinion on the, the Yeah, royals. we're both... I mean, it makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. I like to see this side of you, Nick. You're getting a little bit angry. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, camps of both sides. Malcolm Turnbull, one of the most stern Republicans, and he's a liberal, and, you know... Yeah. Disagree on a lot of stuff, but many, many smart people realize that it's so dumb to have a symbolic connection with the UK now. Yeah, I agree, Nick. Especially with what's going on in that country currently. And the royal family in that country. And the royal family. Yeah, and you know, the history of colonialism, it's just so dumb. We need to change the flag as well. That's a topic for another another podcast. But our flag right now is stupid. Yeah. You inject there is dumb. Yeah. Yada yada yada. Yada, yada, Go yada. close it up, Rob. Don't want to bore the people, you know. Got to give you a reason to come back and listen Exactly. Time. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, really fun podcast this week, Nick. Great podcast. 
I'll say it now, Rob. I'm just going to spring this on you. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. If anyone has any topic recommendations, send them in and we will talk about it. We yeah, talked about this gladly. on like, we agreed we would do this. I remember when we started the podcast, I think we just forgot. But that would be a really fun thing to do, to get recommendations. Yeah. Me and Rob love to talk about new things and like do research and stuff when you have yeah. time. <laughs> but that'd be great. So do that. Yes. You know where to DM us, Nick? I actually don't, Rob. Can you tell me where we should be DM'd? So we can be DM'd on Instagram at Unrepresentative Swill, on Facebook, at Unrepresentative Swill, on YouTube, you can comment on our videos, uh, at Unrepresentative Swill, and on Twitter, you can send us a tweet, at Swill Podcast. Tweet at us. Why not? Tweet at us. Uh, Do whatever you like, guys. You know, at the end of the day, you had a hard day, just take a little time off, tweet at us, you know? Exactly. Um, but otherwise, thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great day. <laughs> See everyone next week. <laughs>